Justin. I'm Maurice, and you're listening to Category Is. Hey, Maurice, how you doing? I'm well. How are you? Good. Tired, but good. Okay. You always be tired, though. I do be. You know, I'm clinically tired. I know. I might need to adjust medications. I just be tired. I be um, exhausted. You know, it's also the sad. The seasonal affective disorder. I mean, it's getting better because it's light out right now, which is good. But, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just, I'm at the point where I'm coofed up and I, I like, I need to see sun. I need to feel warmth. And I need to see people. But, yeah, you know, and it's just, it's been monotonous. Can you believe, like, it's believing COVID for a year? Almost. A whole year. Yeah. I'm, you know, in a little over a month, I'm going to have my second COVID birthday, and that's quite sad. Yeah, that's true. The thing is, you <laughs> <laughs> remember last year, I went on that cruise, like, beginning, like, I think it was like the second week in February. Yes. And then, you know, we went on lockdown, like, shortly after that, so... Thank God mm-hmm. I was able to go and like get out and do something right. before all that happened. But mm-hmm. little did we know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, nice. so, how was your weekend? You know, it was actually really good. Um, the sun finally came out because we had been having like the really dreary weather for a couple yeah. weeks, and so. Like we had those back to back, we had the back to back snowstorms, and then mm-hmm. like just everything was just frozen and cold and gray, and then on Sunday the sun finally came out again. So what I did was, um, like I finally dug my car out of the snow. Oh my god! Because I just never like I don't I work from home now, so I don't use my car um, ever. And then, you know, it had snowed so much that I was like, do I feel like digging it out? And then if I do, where am I going <laughs> Where I'm going to go? Nowhere. So right. I just never dug my car out. And then so on Sunday, it was um, kind of like it was still cold, like super cold, but at least it was, it was, was a, it was 35 degrees, but the sun yeah. was out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you feel, you know. And so many people were out as well. So then also, yeah. you know, since I don't drive my car as much, I was like, well, I need to start it up. I need to, you know, get the engine going and, and you know, make sure everything's running smoothly. So dug my car mm-hmm. out and then I basically drove around like just enough. So like the engine would kind of warm the hood. So right. then all the ice would just slide off in one piece mm-hmm. off the front and I wouldn't have to clean it off. So I like we like ran some errands. We like went to um we did go to Lowe's um down in South Philly. Okay. And then we were gonna go to Target because apparently I don't have a um like an ice scraper. To oh, scrape that's the ice off my windshield. Uh-huh. So I was like, I need one of those. So we went to Target, but there were so many people in there, I was like, mm, Child, uh, this this all goes into my ten. I mean my, my said what I said for the week. <laughs> Yeah. You were basically like previewing my <laughs> said what I said. <laughs> I was teeing it up, and so I was like, "Ooh, uh, uh-uh, I, I need to get out of here." So we, um, so we came back home, but mm-hmm. we went for like a nice walk. Um, I made an old nasty pot of chili, and that mm-hmm. was good. So we ate off of that for like a, a little while. It was a little spicy, and then um, that was pretty much it. We have this new app on the TV. It's called Curiosity Stream, and so they have okay just a million different documentaries on curiosity stream mm-hmm. and so if mm-hmm. you have a smart tv you should be able to download it on there and it just you know went down a rabbit hole of like watching my british documentaries my british history and then we watched one about antarctica which was kind of fascinating because it talks about the people who live there like the whole year yeah I've Which, always wanted to go to Antarctica. Um, Little known yeah. fact. <laughs> well, if you go to like the one base they were, they were at like the U.S. base. I forget the name of it, but uh-huh. um, it's like mix. I don't know, but um, they only have a plane that comes once every six months. So if you go to that base, you're there for six months, 
And you're like stuck. I was like, oh, shit, I don't know. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but but that was pretty much my week. My weekend. How was yours? My weekend was pretty, you know, much like the past forty-eight weekends. <laughs> <laughs> um, just hanging out with my boyfriend, cooking, eating, watching TV, talking. Um, watched a lot of Netflix as we do. Um, actually watched a lot of movies this week. I watched this movie on Hulu called No Man Land. Ooh. With I, Nomadland, Mm-mm. it's like up for Oscar consideration. It stars I cannot think of the actress's name, but she won for the Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Mm-hmm. Okay. She plays homeless very well, mm-hmm. and <laughs> the movie's basically about like these nomadic people who like, you know, drive around like Colorado, Utah, Arizona, like that Montana, mm-hmm. that area of the country, looking mm-hmm. for work and living out of their little kidnapper vans. And oh, wow. <laughs> um, it was boring as shit. It was absolutely terrible, and I hated it. Um, but it was pretty to watch, if that makes any sense. Like, the story sucked, but it was visually stunning to watch. Uh, then I also watched a movie that's also bad, but so, so good uh, on Netflix called I Care A Lot. Somebody um, told me about that today. I didn't <laughs> He told me to so, watch it. I was like, what's it about? But then I was like, no, never mind. Don't spoil it. But then um, I didn't I didn't check it out because this was this afternoon. But what's it about? So without giving away any spoilers, it's a movie about this woman who runs this criminal enterprise that is propped up as a legitimate business wherein she defrauds people of their inheritance or of their assets and wow. she meets her match because she uh, makes one of the, she meets she makes the wrong person her target, and it's mm-hmm. about them battling it out, and you know what comes from that. It stars Rosamund Pike. It has a lot of lesbian Ros- action. Rosamund. Did I say her name wrong? Rosalind. Yeah. I thought it was Rosamund. Rosam- Rosamund is how. You Rosamund. Say That's mm-hmm. a ghetto ass name. It's who names her child Rosamund. It's British. Well, anyway, her haircut was ghetto. The movie was ghetto. But it was good, though. It was, like, so unrealistic in some of the things that would happen, especially some of the legality of the story. But you have to kind of take off your cap and just suspend reality and enjoy, enjoy the entertainment. It was it was an entertaining film. And then I also watched <laughs> um, a series of documentaries about the 14th Amendment on Netflix produced by Will Smith called Amend. And I think there's like six um, hour-long documentaries facing issues related to, you know, um, you know, the Voting Rights Act, you know, mm-hmm. the ending of slavery, the Equal, um, Equal Rights Act with women, immigration. Um, it has a whole episode on Obergefell and um, Defense of Marriage Act and, you know, legalization of gay marriage or same-sex marriage. And I cried I on that one. It was just a really good documentary, like for like a legal nerd, and it kind of like broke things down and talked about like the social stuff and where the country was at the time. It was a really good series. Okay. Mm-hmm. So watch that, guys, if you had like twelve hours of time <laughs> to just sit down and watch. You might need a hobby or something, or that is I, your I, hobby. I guess it is my hobby, but also like. I'm kind of lazy, and I just like to kind of just lay there and watch. But honestly, some of the things I watch take, like, you have to be, are, are mentally stimulating. You have to, like, you can't just veg out and watch them, if that makes any sense. So it is work to watch them. But I do need a hobby. But I think that most of my hobbies are very, like, physical in nature, and just due to the weather, they're not things that I can get outside and go do. With the exception of, like, going to the gym, I don't really have no, like hobbies you know i love i love making charcuterie boards but then you gotta eat it and i'm not trying to be fat (laughs) (laughs) i love drinking but i ain't trying to be big my hobbies make me big so i need to find maybe uh maybe painting maybe i'll take up painting that's good work (laughs) you have any suggestions what hobbies do you think i'd be good at 
I don't know, because you don't um <laughs> you don't really follow through with some of the things. <laughs> I know you have a lot of you know things you want to do, but then I'm the classic Aries. I yeah. start a hundred projects but never finish mm-hmm. them. Yeah. <laughs> But I will finish a movie though. Well, that's only sometimes. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get on to the next segment of the show. It is time for what you drinking. What are you drinking this week, Maurice? So today is actually National Margarita Day. Oh, you bitch! Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> and so. My partition has a number of <laughs> it has a number of margarita options. They have they do have like a regular, like classic margarita, but mm-hmm. they also have a spicy margarita, margarita picante, which is what yes. I'm having tonight. So it's a blend of tequila, uh, triple sec, lime, um. Jalapeno and cayenne pepper. So lovely. Really, really good. I'm just having I'm just having a regular, regular ass margarita. Um, I woke up today and I saw on something that it was National Margarita Day. I was Mm -hmm. like, gotta have a margarita. Um I was, you know, I remember one party I had, I forget what it was, maybe it was my 30th birthday when I like squeezed all those limes and made like fresh um, margarita mix and had blood orange margaritas. I love a spicy margarita. Um, I used up all those margarita packs you got me a couple years ago for Christmas. I need to reorder more because I love that that um, tequila infuser. But I'm just having a basic old margarita with some Espelon and that Jose Cuervo mix. Like that's Ooh, it. No I know it's a, it's a little basic margarita, <laughs> but that's what I had up in the house. Okay, you have to get the um, either tres agaves, which it has less uh, sugar. Mm-hmm. It's very it's organic too, I believe. So does it come in a glass bottle? I think I've gotten mm-hmm. one before. Yeah, that's the one I prefer. But then there's also the um, simply I think it's called simply margarita mixed mm-hmm. from Whole Foods, but it is not as good as Trace Agaves because you can tell Trace Agaves uses like real limes. Right. I feel like the other one's not as natural tasting. Yeah, I've had the Trace Agaves and I've had the one from um, Trader Joe's before. I do like the Trace Agaves, but um, Jose Cuervo's getting the job done on Ooh, today. No more. <laughs> it was a- you know, it was better than that um that really line with that bright, bright line green one that's like at the bottom, bottom shelf. Yeah. Um, it just tastes horrible. But yeah. I, I I happy margarita day. <laughs> Viva La Mexico. Ted Cruz. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Well wait, let's hold let's save that for category. Okay. <laughs> it's time for <laughs> categories. So as my research stated, Ted Cruz was living La Vida Loca in Mexico. <laughs> so let's talk about it. Let's talk about so, it. So you know he was listening last week to the podcast because I was like, you don't need a COVID test to get into Mexico. Uh-huh. So I did not know Ted Cruz was a listener, but apparently he is. Shout out to Ted. <laughs> hey, Ted, girl. So Ted Cruz, senator from Texas, who... Um, Beto lost to him, right? Yes. In 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, the Senate race. And so he, for whatever reason, decided that he was going to go down to Mexico, even though Texas is having a horrible time. They got record, like, snowfall, freezing temperatures, ice. They don't got no water. Nothing. The power is out. <laughs> All it is kind of shit going down. It is so so sad. I feel absolutely terrible for anyone is living in Texas right now because it's just like for some people. I think that, you know people aren't as educated about global warming and its effects, and they're like, "Oh well, global warming is not a thing because look, it's snowing in Texas." But it's like, no, because of climate change, mm-hmm. it's something in Texas is happening that normally should not should be. Not. Yeah, right. Like the polar vortex is coming down, and people in Texas are just not simply not prepared. 
for if they don't have plows, they don't have salt, they only have proper coats and shoes and hats. Like they're just not used to operating mm-hmm. how we may be in the Northeast. Yeah. Shit, we we ain't even used to it quite as it's kept. It's the first time we had snow in like five years. <laughs> That's true. That is very true. Because when I remember, even like when I first moved to Philadelphia, um, it used to snow all the time. Mm-hmm. But since then, and that was in two thousand eight, like we've been getting less and less and less snow. And the past at least three years hasn't we haven't gotten like that much snow yeah this it might snow, snow yeah, yeah but, but everyone in texas is absolutely just terrible yeah and then even ted cruz they you know they dig up the old tweets and he was like i'll believe in global warming when texas freezes over well girl well, Texas froze over, and he went <laughs> and, he, and he went and took his country to Mexico and searched for a better life yeah. and searched for heat. You know, like just the irony of it all is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But yeah. what killed me was the fact that he left his damn dog named Snowflake <laughs> in, in the house with no heat. With no heat. Like, yeah. The cruelty of it. Yeah. So he went down on, I believe it was Wednesday, maybe Thursday. I don't know the exact dates, but mm-hmm. he flew down and. Then, like, immediately, the pictures started coming out. Because well, everybody got a Cruz. cell phone. Right. Yeah. You've got that Ted Cruz belly and that same mask you've been wearing forever. Right. And like, but you should have flown private. He should have flown private. Because he didn't even have a good seat. Like, he, did, he was on the upgrade list <laughs> waiting, <laughs> waiting for an upgrade. He was back there in coach with all the regular people. And yeah. so he... um. <laughs> Flew down, whatever, I believe it was Wednesday. Then all the pictures and all the, you know, stuff started coming out that he was down there. Um, And then he flew back the very next day. Like his staff was after all that scrutiny. Yeah, they weren't answering any questions to the press. Like, you know, all the articles are like, we reached out to Ted Cruz and his office for comment and they haven't received a reply and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And then all the the lies started, right? Because okay. he said, he came back and he was like, oh, well, uh, I was just being a good dad and my children, I guess he has two daughters or maybe more than one. I don't know. He said daughters. I think it's two daughters, yeah. Okay. They're like nine and 13. Yeah. So he was like, my daughters wanted to go to Mexico to escape the weather. So being a good dad... I accompanied them on their trip. Now, Girl. I don't know how his household is set up, but in my household, my mom would say, you got some Mexico money? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> the kids just dictate where y'all go. I didn't away. know the kids could be running things like that. Apparently they can in a Republican household. Sure. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. My no thing is, is, where was your wife? Could she not accompany the children alone? Right. Well, and like, okay, you're being a good dad, but are you being a good senator? Right. Your people are literally freezing to death, got parasites in their water, being told to boil their water, and don't even have, you know, the gas lines cut, the electrics cut. Catching on fire because they're trying to warm themselves with like a kerosene heater. Or, or, you know, cooking their water on the grill. Their roofs is collapsing in. It's quite, quite sad, you know? But the wife apparently was on the group text and she was. She had a group text with her homegirls from the cul-de-sac and was like, mm-hmm. anybody want to come to Mexico with us? We're trying to get out of here. It's freezing in all caps in wow. this house. No, I'm for real. We can stay at the Four Seasons. Mm. Oh, the kids got Four Seasons money. Yes. See, y'all wasn't even, see, they wasn't even smart about it and like, let's, pri- let's fly private. Mm-hmm. Let's be clandestine. Let's, you know, get a little private villa. Y'all was just going to walk around the Four Seasons with the other guests and think y'all mm-hmm. wasn't going to get spotted. But this goes to show you, like, his true character. Because he tried to come for uh, Governor Newsom. He tried to come for Chris Christie, Doran Sandy, like you said. Mm-hmm. And they pulled them receipts and was like, girl, now you out here trying to pass up water and trying to think that's going to make up for it. Please. No, ma'am. 
And my thing is, and Beto and AOC have raised, like, she, AOC raised, like, $5 million. Beto's yeah. raised mad money to help in your state. What have you done? But, you know, Texas will probably vote for him again. You know, that's just how Texas do. I, I can't make sense of it. Yeah, I don't, I don't really know, like, what their problem is. But, I mean... Another um, Texas native, Beyonce. I knew you was going to say something. <laughs> she had the most, I don't know if it was, her timing was just that on point. Because, you know, Beyonce always on beat. Mm-hmm. But, or is it like the wrong timing? Because <laughs> Icy Park dropped. Icy Park, yeah, she's like promoting Icy Park. I hope she sends people them coats. Okay, that's what she needs to do. <laughs> Icy Park, which is a branch of her <laughs> Ivy Park line with um, Adidas. So now they have a winter collection, which, girl, it's the end of February. It's a bit girl, late. Very late. This should have been out in, like, September. Yeah. You know, with, the, with the track suits. It should have been yeah. out with Sheree's track suits. <laughs> the, j- the joggers. The joggers. <laughs> yeah. But she got, like, bubble coats. She got them thick-ass um, shoes with the soles that are, like, Really thick. Yeah, they look heavy. Mm-hmm. I do like them big, long, puffy um gloves, though. Oh, I didn't think I see those. Yeah. And she got, like, latex bathing suits. I don't know what kind of winter she'd be used to, yeah, but... Some of yeah. it is cute. I mean, for a winter collection, ain't much you can do. That's right. With the winter, I mean... Puffy jacket, okay. Um... But her color story was cute this time, too. Mm-hmm. The last one was cute, too. So, I mean, she's improving, but... The timing was bad, girl. Unless you're donating a lot of them coats. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she did post a little story on Instagram like, here's some resources to go get help if you're in Texas. Oh, She's like, you know, get you there. Can... The roses. <laughs> That's true, right? Yeah. And she also did have links to her Ivy Park. You can, you know. Buy a coat. Buy a coat. You have to wait till yeah. USPS gets it there, maybe by May. Yeah, because they suck. But now it's terrible because now people are getting like electric bills because, you know, Texas has a private, I guess, mm-hmm. um, electric system. They're off the mm-hmm. grid. They're not connected to the rest of North America. So, like, it's also no shade. Like, not that I don't feel bad for these people, but it's like, well, this is what you voted for. You want to be the secession state. You want to, like, you know, be limited government, no regulation. Now you have private companies not having to comply with any federal regulation. And they fucked up your shit by not winterizing it to protect you from something like this, which they knew could happen. And now it's caused way more damage economically and in loss of life than it would have cost us to just fix it for a preventative measure in the first place. And now folks are getting hit with a $10,000 bill for five days of electric. That's just sad and insane. I mean, PGW be doing that too, because them gas bills in the winter be a Mm -hmm. lot, like $400 a month. Child, I remember one time I was in law school and I had this apartment. <laughs> I remember I had an apartment in that old church. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, oh, my God. It was so cold in the winter. And it was like this little studio. It was a one-bedroom apartment. It was not a studio. Was it a one-bedroom? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it was a one-bedroom. It was just, it was, it was cute. But it was like really tall ceilings. But that bitch would be so cold. I would legit be like 47 in the apartment. And I was arguing with the landlord. I'll never forget when I got my first electric bill. It was like $1,200 for the month. I was down at the Pico office snapping. I applied and got that assistance, though. I was in that lie heat. I ain't got no income. I can't afford this. Yeah, it's a mess. Um... Beyonce, why she darkened herself in all these pictures? Did she? Yeah. Oh, she looked kind of light in some. She looked just like her mother. It's scary. She got her ass out like she Kim Kardashian. <laughs> yes, her her Brazilian butt lift is everything, though. <laughs> I will say. I mean, I have to, the ass is just plump. I mean, come on. Let's just let's just be honest. It's either digitally enhanced. Ain't nobody's ass sitting like that. Not even Beyonce's, and you know I stand. But really. That's a BBL. She eating good. I mean, maybe she had something done after she had the twins. I mean, but the, but the fullness, the symmetry. Yeah, it's, 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 the, it's the symmetry for me. Like, <laughs> God damn. I don't know. Yeah. And that's fine. I mean, 
She's Beyonce. She has a lot to live up to. Yeah. I mean, she ain't got a blemish. I mean, Whatever. not a blemish, not a not a dark mark. Yeah, but she looks good. Mm-mm-mm. These colors are giving me skims, though. Are they? Okay, yeah. don't do that. I mean, well, well, <laughs> moving from skims <laughs> onto your girl. Seems like uh, Kim K Incorporation is filing to dissolve her marriage from Kanye. It is official. We did try to discuss it a few weeks back, but she refused to give it any um, airtime. But now that it's official, Allegedly. What, what do you have to say? They didn't release the court documents, so we don't know yet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, TMZ reported that you know Kim filed for divorce uh, from Kanye. Uh, I'm a bit sad in a, in a way. Really? Why? Well, because on the one hand, you know, it's like, damn, can't none of y'all have a like functional relationship that's going to no. last? And then on the other hand, so, you know, I feel bad for the kids, but then on the other hand, it's like, Kanye ain't got nobody now. Like That is the sad part. But did he have anybody with them? Really, though? Like, really? I think like, so. I think so. And I, I, I think that Kim tried her best, you know, given his mental health situation. And, you know, I do. But then I do wonder, you know, at what point did she understand, like, the full extent of it? Because, you know, in the beginning, it's like, haha, you know, we just get to know each other. Like, we don't spend that much time around each other. And then, mm-hmm. you also have that romanticized view of the person. Yeah. In the beginning. Yeah. And then I know she got, um, she was, she had the baby before they got married, so it's like, okay, well, we got this baby, we got to stick together, and then at some point it gets real, and when he then, said slavery was a choice, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, girl. So at like some point, it's like, well, how? At what point did she know it was as bad as it was or is? And then she probably did make the decision. Well, I, I'm gonna stay with him because. You know, I don't want him to be alone. And some people are saying that, you know, his failed uh, presidential run last mm-hmm. summer was what caused it, was like the last, you know, like the straw. Straw that broke the yeah. back. Mm-hmm. And I could see that because he was just reckless and it was not the time to be trying to do any of that. Right. When he was talking about Kim hadn't abort, abort North and mm-hmm. all that. Yeah. And then just the way the the country was like a lot was going on like last summer and you know we had the clear choice was gonna be biden or the clown but you Mm -hmm. know we just didn't need that risk that people are gonna you know he could have potentially like stolen some votes that could have gone to biden like luckily you know it went the way it should have but girl like that you can't be tossing a coin like that Mm-mm, not at all. But yeah. also think about like all the shit that we don't know, right? We only yeah. know what we know. Mm-hmm. We don't know what we don't know, and I'm sure there's a whole lot of shit we don't know, right? Because I yeah. feel like the, the the Kardashians are very Chris does a very good job with controlling the package, if you will, and what is out there, and selling it and packaging it and presenting it in a certain light, if you will. Um, but I think you know with this, it's just you know, Kanye's going through some things and I think that it probably is just irreconcilable and Kim's really focused on the children, Kanye's focused on himself, and she's probably not just getting what she wants or what she thought she had bargained for from, from marriage, you know? And I did read She that. seems really level-headed about it. It seems like she's been thinking about it for a while, and it seems like very rational, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did read that um, there was, like, some control issues going on that, um, you know, he was really um, influential with, like, her creative image. And mm-hmm. did you know he's, like, the creative director of Skims? But he's, like, the silent, like, a silent partner or something. So he, mm-hmm. her, like, intimate apparel line, he apparently runs that behind the scenes. And, okay. Um, I believe he had a lot to do with their furniture in their house because they ain't got no furniture in there. Yeah, the and house do, is very museum-like. It's although like, I, I did like their Christmas decorations because it was kind of almost like a Whoville Christmas. Everything was like white and like they had those puffy like Christmas trees and they looked mm-hmm. 
interesting but weird at the same time. Yeah, the house is kind of scary. Yeah, I think. And um, so, yeah, but I do think, you know, he was very in control of, like, her image and, like, how she presented herself. Because on the show, do you remember when they got into the argument because Courtney had posted some kind of pictures from the beach vacation? And then Kanye got mad at Kim because he was like, that was not the direction that we were going to go in for the for the photos. No, I, I don't follow like, I thought that on vacation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like the dumbest argument ever, but she ended up deleting the pictures. But Wow. Yeah. But, I mean, I just hope that Kanye has someone in his corner who will care about him and, like, you know, really make sure that he is mentally getting the best help that he needs so i don't think that he thinks that he needs help nor does he want it um i hope that he does get some help i feel like um no it's the end of an era for sure Mm -hmm. i think that a lot of people on the internet are like oh yay i can start listening to kanye now and i'm like no why because like to me, I don't really think that the Kardashians... I think some people believe that the Kardashians contributed to his mental de- like deterioration, if you will, in the public eye. I don't really hold that same view. Um, I just think that he is a egotistical, narcissist, megalomaniacal person. He's very Trumpian in that way. And at the point he's a very different person now in terms of his stardom than he was when he met Kim. I'm not saying that like he wasn't a full-fledged superstar and celebrity when they met, but I think he was very attracted to like the power couple of the two of them being together and being that it couple, the most powerful couple. Mm-hmm. And maybe it wasn't what he bargained for. Mm-hmm. And I think that like Kim is just kind of like just a simple woman. And she's just like, I want a husband, I want my kids, I just want to have that simple family life. And I think Kanye wants a lot more of a eccentric life. And, and I just don't, I, you know, it's the end of an era. It's time to yeah. move on. You know, I'm excited to see who um, Kim's going to date next. Um, um, yeah, I, I think it's. I think I think he'll be black though. Do you think that? <laughs> I don't want her with anybody. Yeah. Somebody. No, because I. No, not for like ten years. What? Yeah. That is wholly unfair and ridiculous. My God, 10 so. years. At least until the kids go, at least one of the kids go off to college or oh, that like is high school ridiculous, Maurice. I don't think that she, I just don't think that's a good look for her. She comes from a very non-traditional, blended, mm-hmm. modern family. I mean, she's going to have someone else and she's going to work on blending that family and working that new person in. I think that Kanye's definitely going to have an issue with that. Yeah. But that's won't be his concern anymore. But, but we'll see. Yeah. I'm not. I, <sighs> I think that she's going to try to depart from like the rapper athlete. And I think she's going to try to go like more black intellectual, but she still needs to get someone who wants like to be like a, intellectual glitterati in that celebrity space someone who's like writes thought pieces mm-hmm. for like you know someone who's very like a instagram poet or someone who like oh, no, is, is like very into celebrity and pop culture but like wants to kind of put out like that they're smart and take me serious you know That's or she just needs somebody who works a regular nine to five who is just simple like doesn't have to be in the spotlight is very comfortable not being there and i i think it just has to be a complete 180 from who kanye is Mm, i don't know we shall see yeah or not is tristan back with chloe so I read that they were, well, they've been cohabitating during the quarantine. During the okay, lockdown. okay, cohabitation. And raising the daughter. And I know she wants to have another child from him. Um, but I don't know if they're back together. Okay. There was some talk that she had on like, she had on like <laughs> a, yeah, basically. She, there was some talk that she had on like a, 
a diamond ring and people were thinking they were engaged, but I don't, I don't Mama know. has lots of diamond rings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if it's a ring with diamonds. <laughs> oh, my child. Is there any more categories for this week? Nope, that's it for the week, but we can move into our realness topic really fast. All right. So I don't know if you've seen this, but um, some of my friends sent me some articles, but there was a an author, he's a neuroscientist and professor at Columbia University. His name is Dr. Carl Hart, H-A-R-T, mm-hmm. like Kevin Hart, no relation. And... <laughs> He wrote this book, and it's called, uh... oh, wait, I lost it. But Okay, he wrote this book. It's called Drug Use for Grownups, Chasing Liberty in the Land of Fear. And so I saw this interview he did with Melissa, um, is it Harry's, Harris Perry or Perry Harris? Melissa Harris Perry. Okay, her. And she had an old nasty blonde, blonde shortcut. And so they were talking about this. Oh, she finally got rid of them braids. Oh, they probably fell out. Oh, thank <laughs> Child, she wore them braids out, like, worse than Brandy. The micros oh, wow. was just detaching. Go ahead, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Her edges look a bit rough, too. Um, but uh, so she did an interview with him. And so he is a drug researcher. And he's selling this book now. And his thing is that he is a regular heroin user. Not the heroin. The heroin, yes. The heroin. <laughs> yes. Child, he's a professor? Yeah, I'm like, they don't drug test down at Columbia? Apparently not. <laughs> wow. So yeah. he just be shooting up in the faculty offices? Well, he says he snorts it by the fireplace. Okay, because that just makes it seem, that you know, nostalgic and makes it cuter. Yeah, like classy. Like he got a old chunky sweater and a sniff <laughs> or brandy. Like, girl, no way. I didn't even know you could snort heroin, first of all. Uh, apparently so. We uh, um, living in Philly, we just see them zombies be <laughs> tipping all the time. So I just know, you know, and the, and the needles. So I just assumed the only way you did it was like shooting it up. But okay. Yeah. And so, in the interview, he's saying that um, <laughs> that he thinks that drugs such as heroin, like hard drugs, should be um, legalized, that the stigma around drugs is horrible, and that heroin <laughs> is no worse <laughs> than someone who drinks a glass of wine at dinner. Sir, sir, sir. Yeah. I mean, my God. I mean, wine has been around. It's a little for longer than Heron. It's different <laughs> socially and culturally in terms of how we kind of, you know, use it. I'm sure that, like, in the Puritan times or in Prohibition, it was, like, viewed badly as it was alcohol. But I think that socially it's different. I mean, I can kind of get into some... Of what he's saying in terms of how our mores and our social acceptance mm-hmm. of alcohol and drugs changes over time due to use and that maybe mm-hmm. if we had like you know more people just snorting their heroin you know and then having some escargot and some caviar down at the fancy restaurant it'd be destigmatized but sir like you're reaching yeah you're stretch armstrong right now yeah but i mean but this is a valid conversation because i know that like oregon recently decriminalized hard drugs like cocaine heroin Mm -hmm. and all that so i don't know maybe he's onto something i mean i get what he is trying to do and i i I understand that he is being a bit extreme and sometimes you have to do that in order to kind of sell a book (laughs) that too and also (laughs) um kind of like he knows that heroin and cocaine and and crack they're not going to get legalized but maybe, you know, you meet in the middle and, like, states will decriminalize it or they'll reduce sentences or, like, things like marijuana will be um, legalized um, widely. But I, And also you want to have the kind of conversation that drugs aren't necessarily bad. 
or mm-hmm. the stigma with it is not as bad it is worse you know so right um growing up in certain areas i'm from the south and you know if you use drugs you're a bad person and you're horrible and you're gonna go to jail and like all these things that mm-hmm. um dare fucked me up <laughs> remember dare <laughs> yeah my mom was a dare officer what, what did this dare stand for i forget um, drug abuse resistance education. Yes. So you have the shirt and have the red dare. I still got like some of those shirts somewhere. But it's like dare to keep a kid off drugs. And they had a theme song, dare to keep a kid off coke, dare to give a kid some love, dare to give a kid some hope. And it had like I the little lion. I don't remember the lion. Okay. Well, I'm a little younger than you, you know. It was like Tony the Tiger for like from oh. the flicks of like it was like the Dare Lion. <laughs> wow. No, I don't remember the lion. But um but yeah, like coming from the South, it was just like think you know, drugs are bad, but the more you're gonna grow up and like think about it it's not as bad as some people make it out to be. Like some sure. drugs are hard and you know, like cocaine, because he was saying like Oh well, it's you're more likely to die from alcohol withdrawals than you are from heroin withdrawals. That's totally which true. Is true. And then they kind of tried to play it and say that um, they talked a lot about like the founding fathers and like the Constitution and when they wrote, you know, the pursuit of happiness. They meant the pursuit of using drugs. And I was like, girl, sir, I don't think that's what they meant. But, you know, back in the day, they did use drugs for, like, medicinal purposes. They did not have, like, um, anesthetics um, back then. So, Mm -hmm. you know, even, like, ancient Chinese cultures would use, like, opium. Right. Like, in Asian cultures. And, you know, but in a lot of communities in society, we do have those stigmas that you can't use it because you're going to be a drug addict. Mm Mm-hmm. And you're gonna die, or you're gonna commit these crimes and stuff like that. But right, it is it is this thing that you learn because I feel like you know, go same with you with dare. Like as a kid, it's drilled into you. Like drugs are scary and drugs are bad. And mm-hmm. I mean, I still have my personal views around drugs. I I think that I don't. You people who are I look at addiction as a disease. It's partially kind of by like the work that my mom does, but it's like I totally believe that addiction is a disease. I don't look at those people as bad. I don't judge those people. I mean, people struggle with it to varying degrees, mm-hmm. but I think also like. It wasn't until law school that I truly, truly realized how prevalent drugs were, like, just abundant and everywhere and mm-hmm. almost commonplace. And I was like, whoa, like, I really had no idea. Um, so I think that that experience in law school kind of, like, desensitized me or kind of got me more real to the, what it's actually going on out there. But. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is, this is an interesting concept though, because this guy's a professor. Like, that's yeah. a pretty like risky thing to to do for his career. No, no. I mean, he's been doing it for a while. This is his second book. Um, he had one a number of years ago, but I think he just really wants to kind of expand the conversations around drug use and you know, like you said, how. Um, prevalent it is and you know people just don't talk about it it's one of those things where the stigma is so bad that people just if you you know talk about it or feel like you know or if you use drugs you know it Mm -hmm. leads to a perception about you and I think that is probably why you know so many people do it in secret and I think that does kind of lead to the addiction as well because it's like one of those things where mm -hmm, it's the shame of it because if you are you know one of those parents who say they like socialize their kids to alcohol right you know, where like you can have a sip you know on the holidays or that was a bee. <laughs> <laughs> or go fix mommy a martini uh-huh. uh, <laughs> it's like one of those or you know where you're out and you can see like your parents drink or they have a cocktail every now and then or they have a glass of wine you're less likely you know. to abuse yeah but then you have the people who have never seen you know, people use alcohol and they get to college and wow the fuck out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they might end up getting what DUI or like a car accident or like 
um, alcohol right. poisoning and things like that. So, but, I mean, it, it's, there's lots of different stories or, or approaches to it as well. Because I was actually listening to a story last week on NPR, and this guy was talking about his lifelong struggle with crack and how it led to other drugs. And you know, he was like, you know, growing up in the '80s, right in the middle of the crack epidemic in Philadelphia, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he was like, you know, the first person to offer him crack was his mom. And like, mm-hmm. he was a kid. He was like, he was ten, and his mom was like, here, smoke this. So he did it, and yeah, it like fucked up his whole life you know so yeah. it can be sad too and this go kind of back to my i said what i said last week because i'm fully not on board with this dr carl hart um first of all i get what he's trying to do by taking away the stigma of drug use um personally personally i'm judging him more in his hair because it just looks atrocious and he's missing a tooth in the front i was like girl so, i mean that's just a whole nother conversation for another <laughs> right. day on another podcast yeah. but i'm judging you for that but also, it kind of like, to me, what he's doing with this book, or from what you've told me, I have not watched the interview, but what he's trying to do with this book is normalize drug use. Mm-hmm. I think that that gets into a dangerous space where we are normalizing things that I don't believe should be normalized. I don't think that hard drug use should be normalized in this present time or, you know, or in the near or not so near future. I don't mm-hmm. think that that's good for society, and I think that it can never leave bad implications for society and culture. But now, you're... I don't think that there should be a shame associated with, you know, someone who has a, a, an addiction is and is trying to seek recovery. But also, shame does work to have a good social function in society to prevent people from doing things. Like, this is kind of unrelated, but I you will not catch me with an OnlyFans because of know, the shame. A lot of money on there. I don't want my mama seeing my booty hole on what? Instagram. Be, uh, oh, <laughs> or the chance of her seeing it. If it's out there, someone be like, oh, I saw your son on the OnlyFans. The shame of that would just kill me. She used to wipe your nasty little butt. <laughs> <laughs> Change your okay. diaper. I don't need her seeing me on OnlyFans, period. <laughs> my God. Or anyone that she knows are getting back to her that I have an OnlyFans. Like, it's just, wow. and the shame keeps me from doing that because it is very lucrative. And I have been like, damn, I can make some money. But the shame has kept me in line. Right? But I feel like Dr. Hart is just trying to normalize drug use for grown-ups and just, you know, have, have it just be rampant. And I think that that could be really deleterious for our society. You see yeah. what it's already doing with the current opium, opioid epidemic. Yeah. It's ruined entire parts of Philadelphia. Yeah, you can't even go. We saw what the crack epidemic did. I feel like it's kind of. I have to look at his article, his the interview to fully comment, but I feel like it's bordering on irresponsibility. Yeah, that's what I got from it because, like, it it was a more serious conversation than what Melissa was giving, and I because she was like laughing and making jokes and stuff. But then there's also a GQ article that came out a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. and that's a bit more substance to it. Um, okay so i'll send you the links and maybe i'll put them in the in the show notes as well yeah absolutely i definitely want to read the article yeah but i think i think hard drugs are always going to have that stigma but i mean if you're in la or in toronto and run across some edibles i mean don't come here and and this is maybe maybe it's a this is a misinformed position Mm -hmm. you know i'm not a, a drug user like that but it's just like to me, marijuana is something that's of the earth. I guess it could be argued that co- cocaine is something that's of the earth. Things that are of the earth and more natural and holistic. It's like, okay, cool. But then the problem becomes when people start cutting and lacing that shit. Like, I remember, yeah. like, last month, wasn't there, like, three restaurant workers in Philadelphia that all died, like, in the restaurant yeah. from, like, doing cocaine because it was laced oh, wow. with this drug that starts with a Z that just, like, stops your heart? Right then and there, like... It gets dangerous, but it's like, you know, you hear all these people out here, I ain't taking the, the you know, the coronavirus vaccine. I wonder if Dr. Hart is probably one of the people, like, I ain't taking the vaccine, but you smoke, but you snort heroin by the fireplace every other night. Man, he don't know what's in that, in that vaccine, honey. He don't know what's in that heroin. <laughs> Come on now. True. You know, then it's like so you're also supporting these other industries that support this. There's, you know, the drug mules, the sex trafficking, the the, the child sex workers. It's a, you know, you're dabbling and dabbling in the in the in the black market, baby. It's it's just not, you know, you're not getting drugs down at the farmers market from your local, you know, artisan heroin crafter. <laughs> like That's your true. systems, infrastructures, and structures that you're yeah. supporting. It's just it's very irresponsible. Yeah. 
Mm-mm-mm. It's interesting though. Interesting topic, but I don't know. Yeah. And I'm looking at him hella sideways. Yeah, me too. Why he have to be black? Well, <laughs> yeah. All right, man. All right. Let's get to the next segment <laughs> of the show. It's time for I said what I said. You shall go first this week. Go ahead. This is going to be really quick. Maurice did tee it up at the top of the show. Um, We've been coofed up in the house, socially distancing from our friends and our family um, for almost a year now. Well, most of us. And Maurice often talks about on this podcast, I used to be one that liked to rip and run and be in these streets and doing the most and always out at a function. Um, Still. No. (laughs) I used to like being out, you know, in the public. And I used to miss things like sitting in a park and people watching or hearing like, you know, chattering in a coffee shop or hearing like glasses clink and, you know, utensils clink in a restaurant. I liked the cacophony and the atmosphere of being out and about in public. Um, And throughout this year, I've kind of missed like just random people. And the experience of sharing space with them <laughs> out in the public. Random. Oh, stop. <laughs> I had to go there. Anyway, um, so this past Sunday, like Marie said, it was really nice out. It was, you know, a full 35 degrees and sunny. So, you know, the boyfriend and I, like, went for a little walk and we went to the store to get, you know, groceries and went to another store to pick up some things and I was annoyed the entire time. And I've just said that COVID has forever changed me because I hate the general public. In line at the grocery store, I'm pissed. The fucking grocery store checkout bitch was rude. I fucking cursed her out. I was pissed. There's these old couple as sweet as they were outside getting exercise, you know, taking up the whole fucking sidewalk. I pushed right between them because I was pissed. I almost kicked someone's dog because their dog was taking up the whole fucking sidewalk. And I usually like animals more than people, but I was pissed. I am tired. I am tired. And I know when it gets to be like full springtime, because we didn't have a spring last year, that the people are going to go buck wild and I'm going to stay my black ass in the house. Because as soon as it gets above 35 degrees, motherfuckers don't know how to act. And I'm tired. I can't stand the public. You just make life so hard for me. And I love being in the city, but I just think I just want to get a house out in the country where I don't have to deal with people. Where I don't want to see people because y'all get on my fucking nerves. Y'all don't act like y'all act like y'all don't know how to act. You lose all sense and respect and decorum and decency and, 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 and just everything when it gets a little bit fucking warm. I can't stand it. And I become a really nasty person. So I think it's best that I spend the next year in the house. And I said what I said. I, I hate the people. I really do. Yeah. Um, it's terrible. I can agree. Yeah, that's why you didn't go in Target. Because you knew what it was up. You knew what it was hitting for in Target. No, I went like, in. And then there were so many people. I was like, well, let me try to get you know what I need to get. And then get out. But... Even the cell checkout line was like backed up, and I was like, mm, "You abandoned the mission." This, I'm just gonna put this down right here, mm-hmm. and I'm it's just not worth it. Out. Yeah, I don't know if like Amazon Prime has made me that way, or just being in the house for this past year has made me that way. But I really just can't. Like, I had to kind of check myself because it was scary. Like, I almost physically wanted to hit someone. I was just Come going on. outside and interacting with people for an hour filled me with a rage. I was angry. I had to like cool down and like talk myself down because I was so upset and angry. Mm-hmm. I'm getting anxious talking about yeah. it now. Oh my God, I'm sorry. You need to relax, relate, release. <laughs> Blood pressure. That's how much I can't stand the people. Just oh, stay wow. the fuck away from me if you see me out in the public. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm a nice person, I swear. I really am nice. I said what I said for this week is um, it's going to be really quick, but um, going back to the Kim and Kanye divorce, <laughs> some people said it was because she decided to go plant-based. <laughs> so now she doesn't eat any meat or animal products. And I can agree with that. Like that will be a reason to break up with somebody because vegans are like ridiculous. But um, my, <laughs> 
this ties into because in Lyon, France, the um, one of the politicians there proposed uh, removing mm-hmm. all plant or all animal um, products or meat from school lunches. And so yeah, he was catching a lot of flack on that. Um, Lyon, I've never been to Lyon, France, but it, I believe it's kind of close to um, Geneva, Switzerland. So like not south of France, but like the southern, the south of France. But um, they're a big um, like pork city and very okay. like meat um, meat based uh, cuisine there. Mm-hmm. And so you know people are like, oh, you can't take our meat away. Oh man. And so <laughs> they are having an uproar about that. And so, you know, they're trying to say that um, plant-based lifestyles are the future, that they're more healthy, that um, they're still going to keep fish and eggs in the the meals, but just no, like, pork or chicken or beef. Oh, girl. No yeah. chicken. Which I'm not a fan of, like, depriving the kids of stuff. So, because that right. I feel like is an adult decision. Like, if you decide, like Kim Kardashian did, that, you know, you want to go plant-based. Because I don't believe her kids are vegan. I right. still think they eat meat and, and dairy products. But, you know, I feel like that's a grown-up decision. Like, you make that decision sure. for yourself. Like, you're not going to, you know, <laughs> get something tatted on your kids. Or I hate when the parents give their kids dreadlocks. I'm like, ugh. Same. I was gonna say that. Like that's a, that's a personal choice. Yeah, and I feel like being a vegan is a personal choice. So leave them kids alone and let them eat their chicken nuggets and that horrible square pizza with that fake sausage on it. <laughs> well, what kills me about the vegans is y'all stay trying to make these plant these things taste like the meats, and they never do. They never do. They don't. Like, Although, just mm-hmm. the soy chorizo at Trader Joe's is really good. And in my chili, I, t- I tried the um, the Beyond Ground Beef. Mm-hmm. It's my first time trying it. But it's actually pretty good. It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, you know, cauliflower will never be steak mm-hmm. or buffalo wings. Mm-hmm. So stop. Just stop the night. True. Yes. All right, child. Well, now let's get to our uh, final and favorite segment of the day. It is tens, tens, tens across, tens across the board. The board. Who's your tens this week, Maurice? My tens this week is going to a Philadelphia-based organization. It is called the Hub of Hope, which is in Kensington area of Philly, which mm-hmm. love Heron districts, girl. Like, be safe. They need all the hope. There. <laughs> Ain't much up there, but I guess. <laughs> but they are um, really looking at the... Uh, current health situation that we have going on here mm-hmm. in Philadelphia, um, especially, well, in the U.S., we just crossed uh, 500,000 um, COVID deaths in the in the country, confirmed so COVID deaths, which, you know, moment of silence. And the Hub of Hope specifically is um, targeting the housing insecure um, population and the uh, unhomed. Because they, you know, are really House. at risk. Huh? The houseless. I thought they call them unhoused. I've also heard houseless. Wow. Okay. A room is not a room. Was that <laughs> Luther Vandross song? <laughs> a house is not a home. A house is not a home, yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, you know, getting the the vaccine, you need to, like, be able to go online and be able to... Um, sign up and register with these people and, and things like that. But, you know, the um, unhoused populations don't necessarily have access to some of these tools in order to get their um, name on the list for the COVID vaccine um, or anything like that. So they're making a point to um, reach out, get um, as many homeless and unhoused people as they can. The um, the vaccine so tens for them awesome that's really great yeah. i love their local organization as well my tens this week goes to dr shirley ann jackson she earned a prestigious ostrad medal uh, which is awarded to her by i believe the country of sweden 
for all of her um, work in physics. And she is a prominent physicist. Uh, she was the first African-American woman to get her doctorate from MIT, the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. She has awesome. developed all of the technologies that I used to love as like a 13-year-old, which was, you know, the touch telephone, the uh, fiber optic cables, caller ID, call waiting. <laughs> yes, ma'am. She should get a Nobel Prize for that caller ID. <laughs> I remember when caller ID came out, like you had yeah. like a separate little, it wasn't even built into the phone then, you had like a little <laughs> separate box. Yeah. And my mom is loving She's like, who called him? Uh-uh, don't answer. Don't answer that. <laughs> Yes, she is, uh, according to uh, the Journal of Black Educators, this is a Danish um, medal, I'm sorry, I said Swedish earlier, that was awarded mm-hmm. to her. And um, she's also, you know, previously the recipient of a, a National Medal of Science from Barack Obama, but this is the highest distinction that any African-American has gotten in the um, world of physics. So awesome to her, because I don't know a damn about physics, and that is just magic to me. So, tends to you, Dr. Shirley Ann Jackson. Mm-hmm. Yes, ma'am. We love a caller ID. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do you have any other announcements or anything you want to share? No, that's it for the week. All right, everyone. Stay safe. Double up your mask and try to stay in the house. <laughs> so stay I can go outside. Warm. Exactly. Stay warm <laughs> and we will see y'all next week. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Category Is. Be sure to like, rate, and review the show wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on all things social media at Category Is Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can contact us at CategoryIsPod at gmail.com. Check us out on the web at CategoryIsPod.com. <laughs>